Have you spent time worrying about other people and trying to make them happy? In today's episode, our special guest, Noble Gibbons, shares his recovered people-pleasing journey and how he went from being an army ranger and emotionally clueless to being an expert in emotional intelligence. Stay tuned to his inspiring journey. You won't want to miss it. And when you're finished listening to this episode, check out Noble's podcast, EQ Gangster. You can find his and our other friends' podcasts on the Lima Charlie Network website at limacharlienetwork.com. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Joe Bogdan from the Llama Leadership Team and co-host of the Llama Lounge Podcast. And I wanted to share with you this amazing opportunity to become a published author and become a fire starter. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Well, it did to me. And joining the Firestarters Book Project was an amazingly easy and fun way to get my feet wet in the published author space. Shay and Christine made it so easy to navigate through the publishing realm and gave me the blessed opportunity to share my story with the world. And they would love to do the same for you. They are seeking aspiring authors like you to collaborate with them. And the best part is that they are going to do all of the hard work for you. All you have to do is commit to the process. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. So join the team by visiting firestartersbookproject.com and tell them Joe sent you. It will change your life for the better, I promise. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks. Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, please connect with me with all my social media links that are listed there like Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And today... Our guest is the amazing Noble Gibbons. Welcome to the show, Noble. Thank you for having me, Shay. I'm super stoked. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on as your energy is just amazing. And our energies together, oh my gosh, I can't, I mean, if we were in the same room, it would be like spontaneous combustion, right? That's right. That's right. right. So I got to give a a props though to a shout out to VP James Van Puren for introducing us a year, I think. Over a year, almost two years ago. Wow. When we were doing Military Creator Con Happy Hour, like probably in April of 2020. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. JVP is an amazing dude, just a phenomenal guy. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. It's just, it's been neat watching, you know, just I've, I've connected him a few times throughout the last handful of years and just, just a, a giving guy, always trying to add value, always connecting, just a, a phenomenal guy. Yes, he is. And then I actually got reconnected with you again through a Joe Bogdan and the Lima Charlie Network and all the things that we are doing in that. I'm so excited, so excited to see where it goes. Yeah, super stoked as well. I just, you know, to be a to to one, you know, for for you guys to invite invite the the oddball army guy into the the circle of of Air Force folks and influencers. I was super humbled and thankful to be to be a part of this this awesome experience. And and I'm learning a ton. Like that's 
you know, just from each one of you, everyone knows something that I don't. It's just been fun kind of learning from all of you through this journey. Well, I have to say, I'm completely honored and humbled to be part of the group because I'm like, I have no military background, but sure, I'll be in this. Why not? <laughs> uh, but it's funny because I know everyone and you are the uh, last podcast host to be on my show. So I've had everybody else on my show. So this is and I've been on their show. So this is really exciting. Awesome. Super cool. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, Noble Gibbons is the founder of EQ Boss. He is also a West Point grad and a former infantry officer in the U.S. Army. Now he is an EQ practitioner and teaches emotional intelligence on his five-star rated podcast, EQ Gangster, and is his EQ Mafia membership and through corporate coaching and consulting. You can find out more on his website at eqgangster.com, which with a name like that, I mean, wow, I can't wait to dive in. I cannot wait to dive in. So I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Ooh, 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 Shay, huh? Ooh, I (laughs) dig it like a shovel. That is so good. So, and here's why, here's why I'm doing my tactical pause because I am a recovering people pleaser addict. Mm. So, what investing in people today means something very different than what it meant three or four years ago when I was still yeah. a, a crack addict on people. Mm. And so investing in investing in people is for me is being aware of of mine and their boundaries mm. and honoring those boundaries and identifying whether or not they want to be invested in. I used to want to invest in everybody because that's how I got my value and my Mm. validation and Mm -hmm. affirmation and even identity. And I would invest in you whether you wanted to be invested into or not, which is not a good outcome typically. And so now I want, I make sure, you know, are you somebody that's hungry Mm. and that is even, you know, again, wanting to grow or learn in some aspect of their life and if so, then then for me, I want to I want to be able to add value to somebody, however I can, in the most meaningful, emotionally healthy way possible, without coming from a place of also this is my former life, so to speak, very emotionally needy place. Mm-hmm. And when you're investing in somebody from an emotionally needy place, you know there's a a very big giant selfish component in investing in other people. Now that I'm coming from an emotionally healthier place, now I'm not coming from, and, and I'm not coming from an emotionally needy place. I I can offer value and add value without any expectation of anything in return. Mm. I love this answer. Absolutely love this answer because so many times we as humans really want to be that people pleaser, right? I think we're conditioned, especially as little children to, you know, make sure that you're serving everyone else before you serve yourself. Or, you know, even as being in the military background that you have, your whole identity was wrapped up in service, right? And me being in the customer service slash salon industry, you are literally serving another people, another person all the time. But I love the key word that you said, when people are hungry, 
And Les Brown talks about how when people are hungry, that is when they are open to receiving. And you as the coach, as the consultant, can let go of the expectations of them actually wanting it. So instead of projecting your wonderful, amazing help, right? You now know if they show up hungry, if someone shows up hungry, then you almost have a, a different conversation than what you had before. Absolutely. I, in fact, I've got a pre-coaching questionnaire that I have folks that are interested in getting coaching. I haven't filled out. And one of them is on a scale from one to 10, how serious are you about changing in your life right now? In the phase yeah. of life you're in right now, how serious? And if it's not an eight, nine, or 10. I don't, I guess the bottom line is this. I, I won't spend time with somebody who's not willing to grow and change. For me, that's kind of one of my just personal boundaries and, and kind of personal non-negotiables in terms of me spending time with somebody and or investing in somebody. If they are not at a place in their life where they're wanting to grow or change, yeah, that's just not my people, right? And, and I right. love everybody. I love everybody. But in terms of who, like I've got to be strategic about mm -hmm. who I'm investing time into because obviously our time is limited and everything. So I want to make sure that based on the resources and gifts that God has given me and that I've spent over two decades developing and honing and refining that I'm investing into fertile soil, so to speak, to mm, use a biblical analogy yes, there. Yes. And and they've got to be hungry. That's in fact that's one of my fivefold mission statement is my last point on my fivefold mission statement is to help hungry people identify and pursue their purpose in life. I have found for me, I am able to bring the best out of hungry people and mm. hungry people bring the best out of me. That's so true. I think when you surround yourself with like-minded people, it's, and I say this constantly in my podcast, but I've just found this theme over and over again, is that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And then when the teacher is ready, the student appears. Mm. And that's literally what you have done is set the framework for you to be the teacher because you went through it first. Right. Yep. Love it. That's great. That's great. Shit. And it, and it's still a refinement, right? Like you said, like they're helping me too. Like we're not as coaches, we're not going, Oh, we're the biggest, the baddest, the best. We're sitting back and going, okay, you help me just as much as I help you. Yeah. I tell, I tell all my clients, all the leaders that I work with that I am absolutely very much on the journey of getting healthier emotionally myself. So I have not arrived in the area of emotional intelligence. I have not arrived in the area of leadership, but I have invested a truckload of my life into leadership and the last four years very, very intentionally into the area of emotional intelligence. So I, I say, look, I, I'm not the Harvard, you know, the EQ gangster, right, is not the Harvard PhD behavioral scientist that's written 10 books on behavioral psychology. I'm the entrepreneur, the military veteran, the homeschool dad, who is very much on the journey of, of, of learning and applying the principles of emotional growth and emotional intelligence and emotional fitness in my own life every single day. So I know that, you know, we talked about the the when the teacher is ready, the student appears. So at some point, I'm guessing that you were probably the student. So growing up, what was your what was your MO? Were you, I know you talked about being a people pleaser, but how emotionally aware were you? What were you investing your time in? Were you that troublemaker or like me, or were you like really like, like focused solely on serving others? So, so the first thing is I am still always a student today. I'm still a student. And so that's, that's that. But in terms of 
of, of kind of how I ended up here and, and kind of how my childhood, I, I've been emotionally clueless for most of my life until literally three or four years ago. Like literally the emotional clue bus drove by and I just waved. And, 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 and some of the times I flipped it off. Like, I don't need you. Like what feelings and emotions, right? I didn't you know, even know there was a bus. So you were a step ahead of me. Yeah, wow. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, and when I say emotional, like, I don't know how to, like drive that. Well, oh, here's a great point. So literally f- uh, five years ago, sitting down, talking to my wife and out of nowhere, literally I start crying, like literally mm. tear ducts, I, tears coming out. And, and I'm in the middle of a conversation with my wife. And she's like, she's like, Hey bro, what's up? And I'm like, I have no idea. And she's like, no, no, no. Like seriously, like, you know, sad, clearly sad or I'm like, I, I honestly have no idea. She's like, okay, let's start with some emotion one-on-one questions here. She's like, are you happy or are you sad? And I'm like, babe, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I have right. no idea what's happening right. right now. And so that just gives you an idea of like, I, I literally, and talk about emotional vocabulary. I had three, like two or three words. I had happy, sad, Mad. And angry yeah, and mad yeah, yeah. are like my four, those are the only four words I even knew about in terms of emotions. I remember we were beginning my emotional growth journey and, and there's this one exercise that we were doing as a family and, and one of the emotions that I landed on to kind of describe the, you know, the feeling of emotion to develop my emotional vocabulary, I landed on fulfilled, the emotion mm. of fulfilled. And I'm like, I, I don't even know, like, what does that even, what does that even mean? Number one, number two. I don't even know what it feels like. What does it, what's the, what does it feel like to feel fulfilled? I ha- I didn't have the words or the vocabulary to even express that. Wow. 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 So you went into the army. So what motivated you to, to join the army out of high school? Were you always like, you know, playing with GI Joes growing up and going, this is my path. My parent, my dad was in, my mom was in, and this is where I'm going. Or uh, did you have a different path? Good question. So, I, my dad was an ER doctor, emergency room doctor for his, you know, my whole life. And then, well, so he started out as a family practice for his first year or two, sucked as a business owner, amazing doctor, sucked as a business owner. So he had to sell the business. Actually, he gave all the, he gave all his medical equipment away to a, a clinic, a small clinic in a village in the Dominican Republic. Hmm. And, and then he, then he, be, he was an ER doctor ever since then. So 30 some years at ER, like my mom taught Spanish at Oklahoma University. She's a four foot ten little Hispanic lady. We call her the Tasmanian Angel. And and she's the only one I only grandma I know that actually wears out the grandkids. The grandkids are like begging grandma, please put us to bed, grandma. Like she is <laughs> wide open. You think I've got a lot of energy? Oh man, I'm chill compared to my mom. And so so I did not have a military background. So, you know, my junior year in high school, mom comes into my room, she's like, Hey Noble, like you know, a couple of years out before, before high school's over here, college is around the corner. Where do you want to, where do you want to go to college? And I'm like, you know, mom, I have no idea. Like yeah. maybe, a, you know, maybe a Christian school, like I love Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, I'm thinking a Christian school, but then I'm like, wow, well, you know, some of them are probably cheesy. Like, okay, you maybe get closer to lore, but everything else about it sucks. And I'm like, ah, I want, I want I said, here's what I want. I want to get challenged mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. So every area that I can possibly challenge and I want the, the hardest college experience I can possibly get. Mm. So if I went, I went to a Christian school, I could get challenged spiritually, but nothing else. If I went to like a Ivy league school, I could get challenged academically, but nothing else. Like I want all, all the areas. And like around that time, maybe that same week, one of my 
high school buddies who graduated a year before me, he had this buzz cut and I saw him in town. I'm like, Hey dude, what, what's up with your hairdo? He's like, Oh, I just got, I just left West Point and I got selected wow. for this, this flight slot in uh, Emory Riddle to, to study aviation. And so that's why I left West Point. I'm like, well, what's, what's West Point? He's like, Oh man, they yell at you all the time. You got to do PT all the time. It's crazy hard academically. I'm like, Dude, this sounds like my calling, bro. Like, I, I want this place to yell at you. That's awesome. <laughs> and so, and you got to do lots of push ups and they tell you stuff about your mom you didn't know, you know, your, you know, all the old army jokes of, you know, your mama wears combat boots and stuff. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I, I applied. I applied to, I was a day late to my Air Force Academy uh, application. So I missed that. I got accepted to the Naval Academy. And so I said, Hey, I'm coming to the Naval Academy. But then a month later, I got my acceptance to West Point. I'm like, snap, you know, what now? What, what do I do? So I prayed about it, wrote down the pros and cons and said, do I want to be a boat for six months with, you know, 2000 other dudes or do I want to be in the woods? And I'm like, let me show you, let me, I'd rather be in the woods. Yeah. And so I chose uh, West Point and, and so it was very, very thankful. So I had no military experience. Now I had my uncle, he's a retired star major, but we, you know, at the time we weren't like super, super close. I knew he was in the army, but anyway, I, that's not why I made the decision. And so, you know, again, when I got the acceptance of West Point, I'm like, man, let me, let me see what this is all about. And, and I saw the, you know, cause it's a very, very small, you know, chances of, of even getting in. And so, which I loved even more, right? The harder it is, the better for me. Mm-hmm. And so thankfully God opened the door and allowed me to, to get in. And anyway, that's how I ended up in the military. Wow. It sounds like you are really interested at that age in doing the hard things first. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I, I wanted, and I, and I don't, I don't exactly know. Let's see, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I think, I think, you know, so my, my mom you know, my mom is a, is a very, very hard worker. Now, you know, she stayed home with me and my sister. So I, I never really saw her like work a job necessarily, but she was always doing stuff around the house and taking care of other people, love people and stuff. And my dad had an insane, insane work ethic, you know, as an ER doctor, he had an insane work ethic. So I, I don't know if I, you know, maybe just got it from both of them. They, they just, they both, you know, they both pushed themselves. It, you know, my mom as a, as a mom kind of pushed herself and, and my dad was a hardcore. He was so intellectually curious, always learning, always reading, always studying about everything. And, and so, and also, this is funny. This may be a connection in terms of the hard thing. So there's one day, this is going to sound really weird to you and to your listeners, maybe, but <laughs> so we, we, my, we moved to this. My sophomore year in high school, moved to this this log cabin that my dad built, and then it was on this land, and and there was about a foot of snow on the ground. <clears throat> and my dad's like, "Hey, son, you want to go on a walk with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, dad." What's up? You know, no sweat, because it was his day off. So he's like, "Okay, take off all your clothes except for your underwear." And I was oh, like, "No," I was like, "Excuse me?" <laughs> he's like, "Just trust me." He's like, "You can go ahead and wear shoes. You can wear shoes. That's fine, but just keep your skivvies on." I'm like, there's a foot of snow outside. Like, what are you, what's going on here? He's like, no, 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 just, just, just let's go on a walk. I'm like, all right, dad, I don't know what, you know, you're smoking crack or I don't know what you're doing. So <laughs> boom. So we start bebopping through the woods. Of course, I'm shivering, I'm shaking, it, you know, and, and there's, we have no, like the neighbors are like miles away. So we're not a chance yeah. of being. <laughs> okay. I have it's, to ask, is your dad also in skivvies? Oh yeah. Both of oh, us. Okay. Just checking. We're, we're both in skivvies. <laughs> okay. He's a big giant guy. I mean, I'm a big guy. He's, he was six, four, 285. So, you know, two, yeah. two big dudes walking in the woods. And, and so I'm like, dad, I'm freezing. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, I'm sure it's cold and foot of snow. He's like, noble, where would be your favorite place to vacation? And I was like, what? 
Mm. He's like, no, think about it. Like, where would you, if we were to like, if we were to go somewhere tomorrow, where would you want to go on vacation? I'm like, I don't know. Like I dug our family. We had a family trip. We went to this place called Zihuatanejo. It's Mexico beach, you know, ocean, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, okay, well tell me about it. What did you like about it? And 45 minutes later, mm-hmm. we're, we're walking back in the house. He's like, did you know how cold you were for the 45 minutes? I was asking you about your favorite vacation spot. And I was like, holy cow. He's like, no, well, that's the power of your mind, right? That's yes. the power of challenge yourself that mm-hmm. the mind is stronger than your body if you allow your body to, to, to be in submission, so to speak, to your mind. And I, and I was like, and it just blew, it just completely blew my mind. The, the power of the mind and, and challenge, challenging yourself, you know what I mean? Mentally and physically. And so I don't know if that was another seed that was planted in terms of doing hard stuff, but that's, I definitely love doing hard stuff for sure. Well, that's definitely another seed in the mindset of, you know, focus on your thoughts rather than your feelings. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, was there a defining moment that said, okay, enough of this. I am, maybe you were in the army at the time, maybe you're out of the army at the time. We'll get into that. Please answer that as well. But, you know, did you go, you know what? I think I need to, besides the the crying, like I really need to check in. Like I need to maybe figure out what watery substance is flowing from my body, or maybe I need to figure out, you know, how is it that I can really tap into something that I know nothing about? Yeah. So no, it was because I was on a, I was on a, a, it was a big train wreck just waiting to happen. So Mm. that's what got me in this whole area of emotions. It wasn't because I had some deep epiphany or insight. No, I was, I was clueless till the very, (laughs) till the, the train wreck. And so two things happened. Number one, I ran a, uh, I was in a business cult for 20, 20 years, over 20 years. And which is a whole nother <laughs> conversation. And, 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 but oddly enough, because I was emotionally needy and a, and a people pleaser addict and uh, toxic positivity, I did very well <laughs> in said right. business cult, which is, which is kind of ironic, but financially independent at age 30, my wife replaced my wife's income at 27, my income at age 30. So financially independent at age 30 and have been able to work from home since then. So that's the positive. So in that business experience, that business call, we had a guy on our business team who was a hardcore narcissist. Didn't mm. I, I, I thought that's when you hired your relatives. Right. Nepotism. Out, yeah. <laughs> uh, found out that's nepotism, but I, I didn't know either one at the time. I just thought, well, this, you know, anyway, he, this guy, hardcore narcissist, which for those who don't know, narcissism is when, when somebody, when the world revolves around somebody, an egomaniac, somebody yeah. that everyone is a minion. Everyone is, is there to fulfill their task and purpose and mission in life and to serve them, to serve the, the, the narcissist. And there's not just selfish, like selfish on an extreme level. Oh, Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. And this guy, the world revolved around him. Like, and it was, it was amazing. I'd never, again, being emotionally clueless, I I'd never met a narcissist or I, I was never aware that I maybe had met narcissists before, but this guy, like he told his wife what to wear. She, you know, leave the house. Oh no, honey, turn around. No, you got to put on the the blue skirt with the the green blouse and the whatever. Like he would tell. Like, every, and I'm like, dude, wow. Like that's a whole another. That's a whole. Like I can't even fathom doing something like that. Anyway, so we had this experience with this narcissist who was just very bad experience. And then unrelated, I yelled at my wife three times in three weeks. And she said three things. Number one, don't ever do that again. Number two, you've never done that before, which means number three, you got more issues in Time Magazine. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, snap. 
you know, you're right. Went to counseling. This counselor introduced me to two revolutionary new concepts. Shay, I'm probably sure you've probably never even heard of them before called feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was like, yep. Yep. I was like, what Harry Potter sorcery voodoo is all this stuff? Like, what are you talking right. about? Did you just cuss me out? Feelings right. and emotions? Like, what? you know what? You want I've to never, I, 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 I have never heard those words in a sentence before, ever. Yeah, I totally get it. That's why we're friends, Noble, because I was there too. I've heard other F words. Feelings was not one of them. Exactly. Exactly. And so he got me on this whole emotional growth journey. And two years into my emotional growth journey, very intentional emotional fitness program, and all these areas of my life started to change. And not like, oh, let me let me start mm-hmm. bathing in in essential oils and and sniffing skittle farts. Like no, like like real tangible changes in my life. My faith started to change. My marriage started to change. My parenting started to change. My finances started to change. My health and fitness started to change. All these different areas. I'm like. Is this all been because I've been emotionally dysfunctional and emotionally clueless? Like mm. this is crazy. And so I'm like, babe, I got to start a podcast because I said I, I, I was just sharing my lessons learned. Because I'm like, I can't be the only emotionally clueless guy out there. There's got to be other nobles out there that are also have been as, as clueless as me that could also maybe get ex- some, as much transformation as me too. Let me just start a podcast sharing my lessons learned, and that's kind of what started EQ Gangster. It was under a different name before we rebranded, but. Anyway, that's that's kind of how it all came to be, how I started, how I got into this this world. And then after doing the podcast for a little while, I had more guys like, dude, your podcast is fire, but I want more. So we started a, a course, an eight week course teaching emotional intelligence. And then from there, which kind of we've, we've now evolved it into a, a membership called the EQ Mafia and absorbed our eight week course into our membership. So now we just have the podcast, the membership. And now I do, I also do coaching for, for uh, big companies as well. Which I have to say, I have had the distinct pleasure of being a part of uh, the EQ Mafia since the beginning. So I'm what it was called. It was called something else, EQ Accelerator, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I want to say something about narcissism. I didn't know that word either. I'd never heard of that word. And then when I heard it, one, I had realized, oh my gosh, my ex-boyfriend who was abusive was that. And then I went, wait, so was my dad. And when you only know what you know, if you only live in your five mile radius, that's all you know. You have no idea that there's a whole nother world out there. You know, there's other countries, there's other scenery. Like if you live by the stream, that's all you know is by the stream. You don't know that there's mountains or an ocean just, you know, six miles away. And so I think it's really important for our listeners to understand that at any stage of life, you can change. You have an opportunity to grow when you're willing to open the door and walk through it. Yeah, that's right. You know, and for me, I, I, you know, it's funny. You talked about feelings. I had the word vulnerable showed up for me and I was like, Mm. I can't even pronounce it. Like, like, what is that? And um, then to actually be able to explain it and be having that emotional uh, reaction in my body, right? Like I knew stuff was happening in my body, but I didn't know it was attached to my emotions. I thought it was attached to my thoughts. I didn't realize it was attached to my emotions. So here I'm like 
freaking out inside. My heart is racing. My hands are sweating. My stomach is doing flip-flops. And I'm like, I'm vulnerable. I don't know how to be vulnerable. I have to ask for help. And there's something that shifts, like you said, in all areas of your life, when you are willing to just speak your authentic truth. Love it. That's, 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 that's awesome. So here's, here's, so I have not been able to speak my authentic truth without going on this emotional intelligence growth journey. Exactly. Exactly. You have to. Because, because I wasn't aware. So like right. if you had said four years ago, hey, Noble, what, what do you like? What do you dislike? What are your, what's your leadership philosophy? What's your, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, well, what's yours? And I would pick yours because people please your addict. I want to please you. So, well, whatever yours is, is probably a good idea. So I, I didn't even know who I was four years ago. You know, so I think the emotional healing and emotional growth journey is so critical in one being able to find and speak their authentic truth. Yeah, there's that exactly what you hit the nail on the head. The awareness piece is the ultimate crucial part of being able to say, I'm actually experiencing something here. I'm having a feeling and most people just want to go, oh, my thought is. I think, and it's like, okay, that's great. So let's talk about what you're, how, what you're feeling about that. Boom. Yeah. So I love that you really have done the work because you're just an example for other people, but I'm going to say specifically men, you're an example for other men to really dive in and peel away the layers of the onion that we are and do the work so that you can be that that, and I won't even say better or improved, you can be an, 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 a different version to show up differently in the world. Love it. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that encouragement. And it, you know, it, it, it is, and I'm still very much on the journey. So like I you know said earlier, yeah. like I, I definitely have not arrived. That's why when I, when I say I'm, I'm emotionally healthier, I say healthier, not yes. emotionally healthy. Cause I'm yeah. still, I'm still working on, it. I just did a podcast episode last night that for it's going to drop tomorrow on this new tool that I've never even done before or even heard of before called a genogram, a family genogram. Mm. Fascinating tool. No, I have never heard of it before, but it's basically you're mapping your family. Mm. And and the way you do it, I won't get into details and bore you, but it, when you kind of map out your family, your your your, your you know, your uh, your siblings and stuff, your parents, your grandparents, and then you kind of lay out some of the different themes and trends and adjectives and descriptions of each of your family members, all of a sudden a puzzle starts to come together. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow! Like one side of my family is super hardcore controlling. Mm-hmm. Like so many of them, and I'm like, wow! Like I never noticed that trend before. And then my, my next question was like, okay, how did they get so controlling? Where did that right. come from for them? Right. And then. What impact is that have on me? Like, right. what is that? How has that impacted me? Then the other side of my family, super shallow, distant, non-existent relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, how, now how do they get that way? And then how does that impact me? Right? Because it's it's all it's all that's all part of my DNA. And mm-hmm. so it, it's so helpful. And one of the things that I encourage people to do is to find the 
you know, we talk about the origin story of superheroes. It's kind mm-hmm. of fun, like all the, you know, the, the different, all these superhero movies out there. Well, I encourage people that are wanting to start their emotional fitness program to find the origin story of your emotions. Mm. What are the origin stories of your emotions? Where did that, that, that emotion, where did that originate from? What's the source of that origin story of that emotion so that you can begin healing that, that area? If you don't go to the source, People, so many people try to put band-aids and, well, let me just change my shirt. Well, that's not going to make me lose weight. I don't, changing my shirt is not going to make me lose weight. I have to do something about it. And and, in in the emotional world, the way to do that, in my opinion, is to find out what that origin story is so you can really figure out where did that come from and why. Because maybe at some point, maybe that behavior that you adopted was a survival mechanism that served you mm. when you were five years old or seven years old or 12 years old. And that served you. That that was your survival mechanism. And that, that helped you stay alive or survive during that season of your life. But doing it as a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old is no longer healthy or productive, but you're still, that's still operating in your life. And so to, to get that origin story, to figure out, you know, what, what those negative scripts were that you were mm-hmm. running and how to rewrite, okay, well, are these scripts serving me and healthy and productive? No. Okay. So what, what, how can I, how can I rewrite some of those scripts in my life? Mm, you are speaking my language, Noble, because it is literally, you know, goes back to that generational trauma conversation, right? For an example, that's something that I, that I learned about my own family tree, doing something very similar to that was to just really have conversations with my parents when they were so alive about their parents. And we're at that generation that our grandparents was in the depression, right? So controlling is a fear reaction. So they're scared out of their mind, that they don't, they have rationings. They have, you know, they don't have enough food. They don't have enough heat. They don't have enough things. They don't have enough water. And so then that becomes a control thing. Now I have to control how much we use, you know, all the different things. Right. And so then that gets passed down to the next generation because their mindset is I don't have enough. Right. And then now it's our generation. We're the third, you know, second removed basically from it. And we're like, what is happening? So I just feel like our generation at this moment in time, oh my gosh, I got the chills, is really about the great pause that we had in 2020, is really about taking time for us to heal and really bring back the revival of families. So we can then kind of be more productive and loving and nurturing and caring, compassionate, empathetic going forward. Love it. Yes. hundred percent, Shay. Hurting people hurt people yes. and are easily hurt by people. And, and, and we've got a, one of our guest speakers that's coming in in March, the EQ Mafia. She's going to be talking about emotionally. She said, you know, I want to talk about emotionally healthy children, how to raise emotionally healthy children. And I said, well, can, can you talk about how to have emotionally healthy parents that create emotionally <laughs> yes. healthy children, right? Because if you have yes. emotionally unhealthy parents, the chances of them having emotionally healthy children is, is very, very slim, in my opinion. Exactly. Right? In order to have emotionally healthy, emotionally intelligent children, it, it's got to start with with the parents. You know, you, you got to and, – and I agree 100%. I love that. The, the, you know, one of the other cheesy quotes that I love, cheesy quotes, by the way, on my podcast all the time is – 
emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally. Now, not everyone, just because you're emotionally healthier, is everyone around you going to get that positive secondhand smoke of you being emotionally healthy? So are, are they going to in turn change your life? No, not necessarily, but there will be some that, wow, Shay, like, man, I'm, I'm noticing you're like, you've got new boundaries and you seem, you know, more secure in your own skin and all these different things. It's like, what happened, right? So that now you can, boom, that opens the door for conversation and, and, and that kind of thing. So I, I totally agree that the healthier that we can get as parents, as adults, that will in turn bleed into our children. Man, I, yeah, I could tell you so many stories. If I had not been growing myself emotionally, by the time my daughter hit teenage years, mm-hmm. I'd be paying for my daughter's therapy because of, mm. because of my low, because of my low EQ. Mm-hmm. And thank God that when, by the time, let's see, so she, so probably when she hit, when she was like 10 or 11 is when I started my whole intense emotional growth journey. So now she's 14. So she's in her, you know, her teenage years. And, and she is, as we learn it, we teach it to her, mm-hmm. all our emotional awareness tools, emotional management tools, so that as she goes into these very tough teenage years, right, just the teenage years are tough to begin with, she has the emotional awareness and management tools to be able to deal with all the emotions that she's going to be experiencing as a teenager. You know, it just brings me back to a saying that empowered people empower people, right? And you have to go through, I believe, the the journey of your own self empowerment, your own self-healing in order to be able to empower others in in an authentic way. That's right. You can be that cheerleader that stands on the sideline and rah, 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 encourage someone, which is what a lot of coaches do, right? But it's not until you are really willing to one, do the work and two, to ask questions from a standpoint of not judgment or criticizing that other person and just allowing them to really discover their own process, it's a completely different thing. And I know that that's what you do as a, as a coach and consultant. And so now it brings me to, you know, we just had such an amazing conversation and clearly we could talk for another couple of days. I mean, really, we just have so much to the same synergy. What do you want to be remembered for? If it, you know, you're looking back on your life, what is Noble's legacy? Man, fire! <laughs> Great question, man. I have I have thought about that question throughout the years. Again, it's 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 different now. Just being emotionally healthier, I, I, my answer four years ago would have would have been very very different than than it is today. So I, I would say, I would say, a, a love of so for me a love of, of Jesus. That's my, you know, again, that's my faith to, you know, for my family that they would, that they would carry on that relationship with the Lord that, that, that I have, and I'm, I'm working on and developing myself a, a love of learning and a love of people would be probably the, the love of God, a love of learning and a love of people is probably what I would. And then, and then I guess number four would be the, the passion and the passion to bring their gifts, your gifts to the world to make it a better place. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. And second of all, Noble, you're living that legacy right now. Man, thank you. 
Shay, that means a ton and, and, and I'm, I'm working on it, but thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, I, I just feel like our listeners got a master class with Shay and Noble today. So it was just a, a, such a, it's been such a joy to have you on. Thank you, Shay. It's been awesome to be a part of your, your, you know, your podcast and your work that, you know, you're sowing your life into. Thank you for all that you're doing and the people, all the growth and the work that you've had to do on yourself to get to a place where you can add value to the world based on the skills, talents, abilities, and gifts that God has given you and that you have developed yourself so that the, you know, so that you can leave the world a better place. And, and thank you. Thank you for, cause I, you know, I, I've had you on, on my podcast and just hearing your story, you, you have not had an easy life. You have not had an easy, your, your, your story and your journey has not been easy and you, you have not allowed it to make you bitter. You've allowed it to make you better. And, and, and for that, so many of us are receiving the blessings and benefits of that work that you've done on yourself. So thank you. Mm, well, well, thank you. And thank you for the bringing tears to my eyes. So thank you. <laughs> And we're back to that, right? You're back to always the, the feelings. So how can people connect with you? What's your, we talked about your website earlier, but you know, what's your podcast, social medias, all the things. Yeah. Thank you, Shay. So EQGangster.com is the website, podcast, YouTube channel, EQ Gangster, Instagram, Facebook, EQ Gangster, or I'm also at The Noble Gibbons. It's N-O-B-L-E-G-I-B-B-E-N-S. On, on also on Facebook and Instagram, but EQ Gangster is the easy one. And, and then we have our membership again as the EQ Mafia. And then you can also find out more on the Le- Lima Charlie Network. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you can find it, uh, both of us on there as well. So, yes. <laughs> so I just, you know, I'm so honored, really noble to like be in the presence of. The, all all the things that you do and and like not just a part of the, your your EQ mafia but also just to be a, you know a human being on this ride this journey of the Lima Charlie network with you and to you know just be friends so thank you thank you for your time thank you for your presence here yes thank you Shay you rock like ZZ Top girl <laughs> I appreciate you so I always like to leave with this question of what phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now Man, snap. So uh, there's a couple, I guess, uh, the pop of my being right now. One is John 3.30. I pray that you would increase, God, and that I would decrease. Mm. As a people-pleaser addict and emotionally needy, as much as I would have told you, well, man, I'm I'm so selfless, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, that's very selfish, mm-hmm. being a people-pleaser addict and a being emotionally needy. Because I was trying to manipulate and control all the relationships around me to, to love me and like me and value me, which that's not, that's not coming from a healthy place. So I'm really trying to, anyway, so John 330, that I pray that he would increase and that I would decrease. And then first John 2 6 is that if anyone claims to live in, in him must walk as Jesus did. So, Again, coming from an emotionally, a much healthier place emotionally, I'm wanting to grow, you know, spiritually as well. So anyway, those would be a couple of things that I'm, that I'm working on right now. Another one is the tagline from a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. The tagline is, it's impossible to be spiritually mature 
while remaining emotionally immature. Mm. So anyway. Well, I love those. Thank you. That's beautiful. And yeah, it's great. Great to have you here. Thank you, Shay. (laughs) And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I know you got tons of notes. I mean, hopefully you weren't driving and trying to write them at the same time. But if you were, please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. And until next time, let's get fired up. Hey, everyone. This is Trip Bodenheimer, host of the Shadows podcast. Each and every one of us has a shadow. We understand that our shadows are products of our upbringing and obstacles we face. So tune in to hear our guests discuss every week how they turn their trials and tribulations into triumphs and success stories. They embrace their shadows. And that's exactly what we do here at The Shadows. We face them head on. We have a diverse group of guests ranging from athletes, military members, actors, actresses, authors, and entrepreneurs just regular everyday people head over to theshadowspodcast.com for all new episodes episodes drop every thursday maybe saying to yourself i don't have a story but you're wrong everybody's got a story to tell at the shadows podcast proud member of the lame and charlie network